Welcome to the Healthy Body, Healthy Mind podcast. I'm your host, Brian Kinghorn, co-founder and CEO of HBHM. We're a carbon neutral wellness brand and we're focused on the well-being of our customers and the planet. We produce a range of products designed to support a healthy lifestyle. This podcast is for our community. We'll have a range of experts in the health, fitness and wellness space designed to help you all improve many aspects of your life. For listening to this podcast, you can get 15% off our products at hbhm.com by using the code hbhmpod at checkout. Thanks for listening. Welcome to the latest episode of the Healthy Body, Healthy Mind podcast. Good to have you all along. And we have a guest co-host with us today. Uh, coming back, we have Sarah Davidson with us. Hello, Sarah. How are you doing today? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Yeah, perfect. Thank you. Do you want to just remind everyone who you are? Yes, of course. So for those who don't know me, I'm Sarah Davidson. I'm the head of brand here at HBHM. So I oversee all the branding, the marketing, social media and some NPD as well. Perfect. Great to have you here. And how excited are you about today's guest? Sarah? I'm so excited. Um, we actually have Melissa Peralta of Third Eye Tribe on today's podcast episode. I've known Melissa probably for 10 years, maybe. So we're super excited to have her here with us today. If you haven't seen already, we actually have a seven week series of some of Melissa's amazing wellness videos over on our Instagram and also our YouTube. So if you haven't checked them out already, please go and do that. Awesome. Thank you very much. So on to our guest today. So we have um, Melissa Peralta, who is the founder and spiritual guide at Third Eye, uh, which is a lifestyle brand and community for the modern soul seeker, whose focus is on creating sacred space for conscious living, providing authentic moments of connection with self and with others. Through this platform, Melissa facilitates various healing and self-explorative modalities. Her offerings range from vinyasa and restorative yoga, meditation, breathwork, cacao ceremony, embodied movement and moon circles. Alongside an online store selling ceremonial cacao and various other tools to support your spiritual practice. She's also the critics of newly launched ceremonial cacao brand Sackbit and offers two online courses for individuals and couples looking to learn about the benefits of regularly working cacao as a tool for self growth, healing, and deeper intimacy, as well as learning the art of daily ritual. From creating a deeper self-awareness to cultivating a reciprocal relationship with the earth, Melissa's mission is to guide people to gently peel back the layers around their hearts so that they're able to lead with love, solidarity, compassion, and highest truth for benefit of their own well-being, the collectives, and the planet. Wow, that's quite a bio we have there for you, <laughs> Melissa. Um, so it's great to have you on today. How are you doing, Melissa? Yeah, I'm great. Thank you. Thank you so much for the for the introduction and the warm welcome uh, from you both, Brian and Sarah. Yeah, good to have you on. Thanks very much for, for coming on today. We're looking forward Thanks to getting into us. a deeper chat with you. So let's just start with uh, this first, Melissa. So can you just explain a, a bit more to us about what Third Eye, Third Eye Tribe is? Yeah, so Third Eye um, was founded in uh, 2018. Um, initially, I was I set up Third Eye to share yoga and meditation. So I was doing this in both 
um, a corporate setting, um, providing yoga and meditation for companies either during, for their employees during either lunch breaks or at the end of the day. So companies were really focused on uh, the well-being of their staff and understanding the importance of that and how it can actually be a huge benefit to the company. Um, and also public classes. It then kind of developed into holding space for moon circles and cacao ceremony. And then um, last year, of course, I moved everything online. So it's, yeah, I try not to kind of label things too much. You know, it is, it's, that's why I kind of say it's this lifestyle brand and community. It's got this aspect of, yes, I hold space for various classes and events, but you know, people regularly come into these spaces and meet the same people or well, in these virtual spaces for now. And this, this sense of community starts to kind of develop and come through and through interaction through, um, of course, social media. And, um, you know, connection is always important, right? For us as human beings, it's like such a important aspect of our well-being that's been kind of stripped away from us in the past years. So, um, so creating community has been something that's been more important for me to focus on over the past year for, for giving people a place where they feel safe to come to, where they can show up as their most authentic self. So no masks, no filters, no, you know, being able to cry, being able to, to answer the question how are you and to be honest about it and to know that it is welcome and um that it's accepted awesome yeah i love that i think that is so important as well like i think there are just there's so many like there's so few places that you can do that you know i think some people aren't being completely honest especially in this time that we're living in i think you know it's really nice that people can actually open up and say how they are really feeling and you've created a space that people feel comfortable enough to do that, which I think is really, really amazing. Yeah, and the, the sense of belonging and the community angle of it is incredibly important. I think now more than ever, you know, people have identified that they do need something to be part of. So the, you know, the community that you've built, I think means a lot to uh, the people that are involved in it, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah. So you mentioned two things there. You mentioned uh, cacao ceremony and you mentioned moon circle so do you just want to explain a wee bit more about what they are for our listeners yeah for sure so um mm, okay I'll start with the the moon circles because I feel like I'll go on a, a journey with the cacao stuff <laughs> that'll go on for a while but um yeah so the moon circles um I gather um everyone together on a new moon I mean you can obviously, of course, gather people on a full moon as well. I do a slightly different event for the full moon that, that involves cacao and embodied movement. The moon circle is um, space that I hold on a new moon for people to gather who want to learn about the, the cycles of the moon and how they can work with them. So all of us, most people will know that there is eight different phases of the moon cycle, right? Most people will notice when there's a full moon in the sky. And I think what people forget is that, you know, our ancestors used the, the lunar cycles for planning many things, when they would plant food in the ground, when they would harvest, uh, when they would do ritual, when they would do ceremony. So the reason why I kind of, I started working with the lunar cycles is almost as a, as a way of mm, like a natural timekeeper 
So you use the new moon to bring in something new into your life. So you set an intention, a focus, a goal, right? And then each day during that cycle, you're waking up each day, you're remembering what your intention is, your why, and you're using that to really help to guide you towards what it is you're wanting to create in your life. And then on a full moon, you'll kind of assess how things are going. You'll maybe edit you know, because you'll be like, oh, maybe this isn't for me right now, or I need to change this thing. I'm going to release this thing in my life that isn't serving me. So it's a way of kind of bringing in the new, getting rid of the old, being very aware of your inner landscape. So our, the moon is definitely, the energy of the moon is all to do with our subconscious realms. So it takes you into yourself. Um, and, you know, there's no... It's no secret that especially a full moon really affects us as humans. You know, even like the emergency rooms will say that they have more people coming in on a full moon. The police will say how much more busy they are in a full moon. And it really, it changes our behavior as humans and animals behavior changes. The tides are affected by the moon. So it's about learning how we can actually harness this energy to get what we want out of life and to feel um, to come more into balance and to kind of understand our own relationship with the different cycles, because we are cyclical beings. And, you know, internally, we have our own cycles as well, as women, especially, but, um, you know, we've got the cycles of nature, we've got everything's a cycle. So I think kind of connecting to this idea of cycles actually pulls you deeper into yourself. Because as humans, we, we are part of nature. So that's kind of the idea is helping people connect with the idea of as above so below um so during these circles will i'll give some insights of what the particular energy is around that particular moon because of the moon aligns with various astrological signs so that gives a different kind of theme and whether you kind of believe in astrology or not each different science there's 12 ast astrological signs each one it gives us guidance that's very useful in life so whether you believe the energy is there or not if you're being told okay this is a good time to focus on your home life or your relationships like this stuff's not gonna it's gonna serve you no matter what it's just I think if you get kind of pulled into like oh this is how I'm gonna feel because this is what somebody's writing then you know that's that's when you you know you can get a little bit lost you need to be using your kind of discernment um and yeah, it's just, I think, a really great way of feeling more um, empowered and aligned with your life. And um, we do some meditation, um, journaling around those themes associated with that moon. Um, so, yeah, it's a really beautiful space. Um, nice. And, yeah, it just keeps building. We've got this kind of lunar com community that's just growing bigger and bigger. I do these ritual kits that people can use during the ceremony. So... I think people really like having something tangible. People love burning things. Um, so yeah, it's really great. It's really fun. I think there's, there's a lot to pick out of that there. But one thing that I know Sarah um, talks about and spoke about in the past is the, the intention, intention setting side of it. So that's important mm. to you in your life as well, Sarah, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. You mean like setting yourself like little rituals and things? Yeah, and journaling, yeah. intention setting. Definitely. I always, um, I love journaling. I always find if I do some journaling or write down some positive affirmations 
on like a Sunday afternoon, just, you know, when like the week's sort of ending and you're the new week's ahead, I always feel, I don't know what's it called, the Sunday scaries. You start to feel a little bit like, oh, what's what's this week got ahead of me? So I, I do find like setting yourself these little kind of rituals and just, yeah, just writing down some really positive phrases really kind of mm. set you up. I love that, Sarah, because it's, it's mindset. Like we get to choose how we show up in the world, right? So it's not like being on a Sunday, like, oh, what's next week got in store for me? It's like, I decide what next week has got in store for me. I decide how I show up in the world. I decide one thing I love to do on a Sunday is I write an, well, I always have a daily intention, but I also write an intention for the week, like an overarching kind of theme of what I'm going to be focusing on that week. And I think that just really sets you up to, to have that direction. Like we have so much energy inside of ourselves, so much potential. What are you going to do with it? Are you living with intention? You know, that's, that's, that's the question really. Um, it is. It's amazing how just like writing down these like, like positive phrases can just totally like shift your mindset. Cause like yesterday I was actually um, sketching my wedding cake. <laughs> <laughs> getting prepared to get married and I came across I'd obviously um had a moment where I'd felt maybe a little bit disjointed so I'd actually written in the past all these positive affirmations and I came across them in my sketchbook and I was like oh my goodness and it really just totally like shifted my mindset so yeah it's really I think it's something really important to keep on top of and definitely just set some time aside during the week to do those just those little things and I think it totally makes a difference yeah, yeah. I love that because you can like write what your intention is like my intention is to um my intention is to make more time for to make more time for nourishing my body right and then you can write a positive affirmation or like a like a mantra with that like that is like that you recite to yourself to remember your why right so it's like your why is your intention and then the affirmation is that kind of that confirmation and that encouragement to why you're showing up to do that yeah, yeah definitely so you said you could go in so many different directions where your cacao ceremonies but let's just in a in a brief nutshell how would you describe those for our listeners okay i'll try it <laughs> so you want to know what is a cacao ceremony yeah okay so um, first, I'll say I cannot wait to actually hold space for in real life cacao ceremony because in real life cacao ceremony is obviously very different to um, holding it online. You know, you're in you're in space with other people. You're within a circle. You can have a beautiful altar, and there's you know there's a different energy. But I am actually very amazed at how actually I'm not that amazed because I believe that energy can travel through time and space, but how much can come through these little screens, right? Like how much connection, authenticity can actually come through these. So in cacao, cacao ceremony, we work with ceremonial cacao. So ceremonial cacao is cacao in its most purest form, okay? So a lot of people, you know, quite a few years ago, there was a big buzz around raw cacao, um, you know, raw cacao powders, but that actually isn't cacao in its fullest form. It had the cacao butter removed, removed from it. Ceremonial cacao is a whole food. And it's also been prepared in a way where there is deep reverence for the plant. Okay, so the story of cacao has been lost widely, 
you know, and most people just know as cacao is chocolate. Um, but cacao originally was seen by the ancient Mayans as a ritualistic medicine, um, a food that they, they would work with in ceremony and ritual to make offerings back to the earth to express gratitude. They realized that cacao is very much something that was, um, that was sacred that it was a sacred medicine that um, had this kind of powerful spirit to it. So it, it's for the mind, the body and the spirit in the way that it helps to elevate our mood. It actually releases more serotonin and dopamine in the brain, which is amazing. There's actually a huge list of what cacao can do. I'll keep it short. Um, <laughs> But it also um, help, it elevates our vitality, so we experience more joy and bliss, mental clarity. It contains theobromine, which is a, it's like a natural caffeine. So it gives us a boost of energy, but doesn't give us that crash like coffee does. So a lot of people will use cacao in the mornings or have replaced their coffee with cacao. So you know, this, this is a really, it's a really powerful medicine tool to work with if you do other mindfulness practices such as yoga, meditation, breath work, um, embodied movement, journaling, because what it does is it helps you move out of your mind into your body, into the emotional body, into the heart. Okay, so it's basically a heart tonic. It helps to expand your capacity to feel love, compassion. So that can be towards yourself or towards others. And it helps you, you know, because you drink it in ritual, rituals are this beautiful thing that just gives a deeper meaning to life. Any type of ritual does, right? Yeah. So in cacao ritual, the main, the, if you come to a ceremony with me, the main focus is, of course, always gratitude. You know, it's always got this overarching theme of gratitude and intention. So being grateful for everything you already have, for what you are about to receive. And what's your intention? Why are you drinking? What would you like to call in? Okay, so maybe you're calling in creativity. Maybe you're calling in more self-love. You know, you can, you, I like to sit with cacao every morning and I set my intention for the day. I, and I let myself be guided by what comes through in the medicine. And then I'll do my other mindfulness practices. Um, so if you come to a ceremony, we do the cacao ritual, but we'll do breath work, meditation. Um, we'll do journaling. We sometimes do a little bit of movement and we'll share and we'll connect as a community. We'll share what came up for us during, during the ceremony. Um, and you know, it can be all sorts of things from people sharing their emotions to sharing maybe words um, you know, of affirmation that have come up for them. So um, yeah, so that's, that's the cacao ceremony. And I feel really privileged and honored to be holding space for people in ceremony so that we can go into these really deep places within themselves you know yeah. to to start to de-armor their heart you know because this world is it's tough yeah. <laughs> and we tend you know everything that we experience in life we just start you know trying to protect our hearts and i think what the world needs is for everybody to be living with more open hearts to be you know because when we live from a more open place we, we're able to kind of give and receive 
um, with others, with, with the land, you know, we create this reciprocal relationship. Um, so yeah, cool. that's kind of the cacao ceremony. And that's just come, come from me. Um, you know, I've been working with it for four years now, sharing ceremony for two years, um, from, from living in South America and from learning, um, about the traditions and the rituals from, from the wisdom keepers, um, Okay. in South America so it's very important to me that we as I can see cacao ceremony become more um, popular that we um, that we still withhold that reverence and that respect and we educate people as well about yeah. cacao and you know it's, it's used with that deep reverence you know okay perfect yeah. Again, there's a, a lot to um, pick out of that one. I think the, the gratitude one for me is something that I certainly try and, and do within my life. And I think it's important for for everyone, you know, whatever you've got going on in your life. I think if you can, you know, what I tend to do is my practice, picking three things from the day that I'm grateful for. And some days it's really hard. You've got to really force yourself to think, you know, what has gone well today. Um, but I think every time I do it, it makes you think about your day and you're like, oh, actually, some good things really did happen today. So I think that would definitely be something I would put out there to listeners is just trying to put some sort of gratitude into your day is really important. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think that a lot of people are, I think a lot has come to light about the importance of gratitude practice. Um, Sarah, were you away to say there? Yeah, I think that, I think there was a quote I heard once. It was like, not every day is good, but there's always something good in every day. Yeah. I think it's something like that. So I think I, I used to do that as well. Like if I had a really bad day, I would always just spend some time and just think about like, right, okay, like what good things actually came out of today. And there there is always something that you can find in a day, mm -hmm. no matter how little it is. But it's I think it's so important just to grasp onto the small, the small wins. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Especially so, during a pandemic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, They're a little bit harder to find. But yeah. But exactly. yeah no, well, I've been very grateful for my dog during this pandemic. Honestly, like being at home all the time on my own, like I, I can't imagine. They're just like yeah. a little ball of like oxytocin, right? They just release that, like, yeah. those good feels. Little fluff balls of joy. <laughs> <laughs> I've got well I've got two cats so yeah I don't like they do my head in sometimes but yeah I think it would be a lot more boring and lonely without them here so yeah super grateful for my two cats. Yeah. Well I better mention my dog as well then I'm uh, <laughs> grateful for Tia our little dog she's definitely the the ruler of this house that's for sure a little diva but yeah great fun when they give you that look and they just come in for a cuddle it is amazing so We've, so we've, we've dived straight into talking about quite a lot already, but let's bring it right back then, Melissa. Um, you know, where, how did you get involved with this sort of space? You know, what's your background? Tell us a bit about your, your background, how you got involved in this. Um, so, I mean, I, um, where to start? So I, I grew up in the northeast of Scotland in Aberdeenshire. Um, I am half Latin American. Okay. but was born and grew up here um, my mother is from the Dominican Republic my dad is um, English so my my upbringing I grew up with a mum that was very spiritual 
um, you know, so she had a yoga practice, meditation practice. She showed me the art of ritual. She, I would wake up on a Saturday morning hearing chanting, um, you know, so I, I, I had that around me growing up, you know, pick an angel card, look at this crystal, you know, like I had this kind of, I had this around me, but so I was always interested. I was always open, but never really took it on as my own practice. Um, I originally uh, trained as a professional contemporary dancer and part of my training, um, I started doing a daily, sorry, not a daily, a weekly yoga practice. So I enjoyed it, but didn't really fully connect with the practice. I think at the time I didn't realize there was different styles of yoga. Um, and I think, you know, with yoga as well, a lot of it can come down to the teacher as well, if you kind of resonate with them. So, um, so I first started yoga when I was in, uh, 18 and um, kind of put it down for a while and then picked it back up in my early 20s. Um, and it was only really when I kind of went through like a lot of despair <laughs> in life <laughs> that, um, oh my gosh, somebody's starting to make some really loud noises outside. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> it's a chainsaw. <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> it's mm. fine life is like now it's just random things happen the, now the, the joys of uh, work, the working from home life i'm so sorry about that there's Don't literally worry. a chainsaw outside my window okay so back to the story so um yeah so i find myself going through can you still hear me over there yeah, yeah we can hear you okay can hear you fine. So, yeah i found myself going through um going through divorce um, I found myself at that point in my life I'd actually given up dancing I kind of got a little bit lost in life thinking if I'm getting married I'm going to need to get a proper job and I'm going to need to buy a house right and I kind of got sucked into all those society's expectations um, and that's kind of a story in itself but when that when the marriage ended I was, I was working in the oil and gas industry. Like, I just was like, what am I doing? None of this stuff is me. So I volunteered during the time there was a the big downturn. So I actually got paid to leave that job, which was, you know, quite nice. So that I could take time to actually find my way back to myself. So I didn't work for two years. I went to the yoga studio every day. I started meditating. I... Um, I mean, I've been vegan for almost half my life, um, I think 18 years this year. So I spent a lot of time. I love cooking. So just being creative um, and nourishing my body and just healing my heart. And um, and then I went to South America and I, I was working at a yoga sanctuary in South America for some time and then traveled around um, just doing a lot of lot of healing. And, you know, the, the yoga itself was like it's it was saved my life it was just an absolute anchor in what was a really painful confusing and yeah confusing time where I felt really lost um, and it just helped me find my way back to myself helped me realize who I truly was and what it what my gifts were what I had to bring to the world and I knew that I wanted to help people um I wanted to help people in the same way. So that was, you know, really why 
I wanted to become a yoga teacher and then everything else is kind of just built around that. Okay. Awesome. Really, really interesting and really inspiring as well. Like I think yeah, a lot of people who are like are listening will resonate with that, you know, because it, it does happen. Like I think in your 20s, like people can lose their way a little bit and you kind of need to do something, like take a step back and sort of evaluate what it is you actually are passionate about and what it is you want to do with your life. So that's like really, really inspiring to hear that. Thank you. I think fear is the problem. Fear just holds that heart hostage. You know, it stops us from doing what we want to do with our lives. You know, it, it really, yeah, I think that's when we're not staying true to our hearts. That's where we can, you know, uh, make decisions that aren't in alignment with, with our truth. Um, Mm -hmm. And we can find ourselves feeling unfulfilled. And that's why people can maybe have the house and have the family and have all the things, but they're not mm-hmm. happy because they're not, they're not staying true to themselves. They're not honoring their hearts. They're not honoring their actual soul's purpose, why they're here. Mm-hmm. They're not sharing their gifts in the way that they're meant to be. So I, I take it some of your practice then helps unlock that in others as well. Would that be right? Absolutely. Absolutely. That really is my passion is to help people um, find that that way back home to themselves, to recognize their gifts, to see what their blocks are. So to see what, you know, and not to shy away from them. You know, when, when we're as humans, often we're like, oh, that's uncomfortable. That's scary. I'm just going to stay away from that. I'm going to ignore that. I'm not going to instead be like, mm, that's interesting. Why am I scared of that? Why does that trigger me? You know, but when we actually do that or we choose to sit in that discomfort, then that's when we can start to, it doesn't hold the same power over us anymore. You know, and we can start to, you know, unblock ourselves from from those things that are holding us back. And then we can really start to um, shape our lives that do feel more, more aligned. Um, you know, we have so much like duality inside of us the light the dark the masculine the feminine so yoga is really this kind of i see yoga as this gateway of finding equipose so equipose is this balance between the forces within us so this state of wholeness and balance and flow starts to come in so it yoga it it allows us to come into this intimate relationship with ourselves. You know, when we're rushing and forcing our way through life, we're not able to be present. We're not able to listen. We, we're not able to feel. And, you know, through those actions, we fall out of relationship with ourselves mm-hmm. and our surroundings. Um, you know, there's this disconnect that happens. You know, I think people feel that a lot. Like, I feel, I feel disconnected. I don't understand why. You know, so yoga can really help you to to unpick that and start to realize, you know, why you do feel that disconnect and then start to bring everything back into the state of fullness. You know, instead of living in our heads, instead of our hearts, being disconnected from our bodies, just living from, you know, here upwards. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when we take the time to really feel into our bodies that's when we can start to come back into relationship with ourselves Um, and, you know, make decisions that are more directly in alignment 
with how we actually feel like our gut instinct like our bodies tell us so much you feel it in your body and then you're like ah. and then maybe you don't want to listen to that because it doesn't make logical sense or it feels scary right but we're not taught this we're not taught this as children to like lead with that but like I, you know so much is coming to light now about the the gut is connected to our brain like the connection between the two and how much that our, our gut affects our brain and vice versa, right? Yeah. So, you know, the practice of yoga asana, like the physical yoga and yoga philosophy helps us to come home to ourselves. It helps us bridge, you know, build that bridge between our minds and our bodies so they can come into this dance and this partnership. So, you know, they come into relationship with each other and we can show up in the world as our most authentic and true selves and um yeah i think that you know yoga teaches us so much about ourselves and so much about the world and how to give and receive freely how to be present with everything how to you know how to be present not just with yourself but to be how to be present with others to truly listen to be present with your children and you know to sit with what is uncomfortable you know, when we move through yoga practice, sometimes things are uncomfortable or we face resilience and it teaches us how to move through that. And then we can take what we learn on the mat into our everyday lives, you know, and it's, you know, it guides us to notice that we are needed in this world, that we came here for a reason and to be part of something actually much greater than ourselves to be part of something as a collective, you know, that we are all one, to recognize our gifts, to remember our purpose, to be a student for life, devoted to learning and growing and expanding our capacity to hold, to hold ourselves, to hold others, um, you know, to be adaptable to change, which is, yeah. you know, being, I think a lot of people that had this practice before COVID really could tap into that you know that ability to be able to kind of change with things that are out with out with your control to be humble to experience life in its fullness wow amazing <laughs> i'll take a breath <laughs> i'm going to go do a yoga practice and everything <laughs> yeah so that's kind of that's what yoga has been been for me and that's why you know that's why like to like to show people okay remind people and sarah you are keen uh yoga uh participate you participate in yoga yourself and it's something you enjoy a lot as well isn't it sarah? i do and i haven't done it in a few days and i'm actually kind of at that stage where i'm like dying to go and do it because you know i don't know it's weird it's like it's like my body needs it sometimes so i think really after this i'm being honest i'm actually going to go and do one of your <laughs> practices melissa <laughs> I used to do um, people who um, don't know too much about me I actually work for BrewDog as well so that's um, Melissa actually used to teach uh, some yoga classes at BrewDog so I used to go to your classes quite a lot there as well in the Overworks Brewery so that was fun I, <laughs> I know obviously before Covid happened and things but yeah I really miss those um, weekly classes that we used to do there as well they were really really good yeah, and it created like, you know, people were coming into the space that worked in different departments is like, a, you know, it's a big company. And yeah. then we had like our little mini community, our little like yoga fam, it you was know, and it built this relationship between the people within within the company. 
Um, and I think it was just a really nice way for people to kind of unpack the day, right? Oh yeah, because it was um, on it was on a Monday, so Mondays are like hard enough, really, when you're just going back to work and everything. So it was super mm-hmm. nice to have that to look forward to, like right after the working day. And it was just lovely to have so many different people as well, just all coming together, like people that you might never really get the chance to speak to in such a big company. Um, yeah, but it was just, it was lovely. Really loved you. Very good. Well, I'm sure. Yeah, the intention actually of doing it on the Monday was so that staff would be in a good mindset for the week. Yeah, yeah, it did. It totally kind of set you up for the rest of the week. It was really, really good. And there were so many people as well that most classes were fully booked. So it just goes to show that the amount of people that were really, really enjoying those classes as well. It was really good. Awesome. Well, I'm sure we'll all be looking forward to things like that, starting up again, actually be present with each other and, and do these sorts of things. So, well, let's just go into a wee bit there then on your business, uh, Melissa. You, you know, you've touched on the various things that you do and what are important to you. So what services is it that you provide, you know, for your clients essentially um along in, in these spaces so you know yoga meditation these different things what actually is it the services you're providing to your your customers so right now i've been taking I, i've been taking a wee break from teaching yoga um unfortunately i've been having a lot of um chronic pain issues over the past year and a half so at the end of last summer things got pretty bad so I just felt like I wasn't able to show up in the way that I wanted to um to to at least commit to regular classes right but um which is why it gave me so much joy to do those classes for HBHM right (laughs) to create that I was like oh I miss this so much um but I am actually thinking about doing a cacao and restorative yoga class next week um start of April because I think that's you know something it's not quite so energetic because I would do um, I used to teach vinyasa and it would be quite strong classes um so right now you can find me online offering um cacao ceremony uh, once a month, we have a community cacao ceremony. I also, on a full moon, have full moon uh, cacao and a static dance. So that's um, a really great way of just celebrating yourself and shaking off the, the month. But it's it's really, it's guided embodied movement. So letting yourself feel the emotions in your body and letting it, letting yourself feel it so it can be released. So it's a really powerful practice. Most people are terrified of doing it. <laughs> so terrified, which is why you should do it. Um, and what else am I offering right now? Mm, the moon, new moon circle. Um, and I also, yeah, I have the two online courses. So um, so that everything is based it's, online right now. It's, uh, it's interesting about the dance side that you mentioned. So... Um, our, one of our recent podcasts with Laura Leslie, who's a nutritionist, we spoke about um, how, you know, just in the middle of your day, just have a little dance to yourself and just move. And it's just, you know, however conscious you are about dancing, uh, just doing it in your own space, no one can see you. It just sort of releases all this good energy from you. And it's just, mm-hmm. you know, we had, you know, we had a bit of a laugh about it, but in actual fact it was serious you know how just having that moment to yourself can can really help you it is free medicine yeah it's free medicine 
it's like it's just there and like I think that's one of the best ways to start your day or to do it in the middle of the day yeah. it's just to um one of my friends Samantha has a class called shake and wake you know yeah. where you just she get, gathers everyone together online and they just danced you know yeah. they just move however you want to move and for me like I love sharing that because dance has always been my medicine movement's always been my medicine and it just feels so good to move in a way where it's like you're not focusing on the external you're not trying to perform or there's nobody there to watch you're just moving how your body wants to move how your body needs to move and um, sometimes you're shifting things within you without even realizing it, right? Um, yeah, maybe we should all dance at the end of this. If we are. <laughs> I'll, yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to say it's going to be very good, but I'll, I'll give it a dash. I love a dance. Like I've always um, like danced, I don't know, well, since I was young, you know, like when you're super young, you do ballet and everything. I've, I've done lots of, I've done pole dancing, like, oh, wow. Fitness. And um, I've also done hip hop dancing. Like I've kind of done a little bit of everything really. But yeah, I totally agree. I love dancing so much. Like I would love to go back to like my pole fitness classes. I did those for like two years or something. And I totally miss doing that. It is just so like freeing and everything. I just love it. It's yeah, such a beautiful way to express yourself, right? Yeah, definitely. And like, yeah, I dance around my house all the time. <laughs> I just love it I know especially when I'm cooking I think there's nothing better than having like your airpods in cooking and just kind of having a wee dance to yourself maybe we will finish this with a dance but (laughs) it won't be on the video version it'll just be on this audio only version (laughs) so so Melissa obviously you're you've been working with HBHM um as Sarah pointed out earlier you know you can view a range of uh, different uh tips and advice on our social channels from Melissa, but on to our CBD, you know, because you are also a user of HBHM CBD oil as well. So can you tell us a bit about the benefits that you've found from using our oils? Mm, Yeah, of course. So as I mentioned earlier, I've been, you know, going through this journey of having this undiagnosed uh, chronic pain thank you COVID for that so I'm you know I'm waiting to kind of get the the investigations I need and um it's been such a huge benefit in managing my pain um so that's been the the biggest thing for me um because I don't want to get addicted to opiates (laughs) so you know it's I'm somebody that prefers that kind of natural alternative so it's been really really good for that Um, So I love to take CBD in the morning before in my cacao or with my cacao before I do my meditation practices or my yoga practice. Um, And I also love to take it before I go to sleep as well. I find it just improves my sleep, especially if I've got kind of busy mind. I'll, I'll take the CBD. I'll do a meditation or a yoga nidra, which is like a a deeper meditation, um, particular technique um before going to sleep and I find it just really helps me switch off from the day um and prepare to go into this deep state of recovery um Mm. so yeah so it's been it's been wonderful for that my you know my partner's been taking your CBD as well he's got some some back issues and it's it's 
helped him tremendously. It's just something you do need to, I find personally, you need to commit to taking it regularly. Yeah. You yeah. know, and I mean, it's scientifically proven that when you take it regularly, obviously it, you know, has this effect on your um, cannabinoid system. So it's, yeah. it's, yeah, that's one thing that I've noticed if I don't take it regularly, I don't get the same benefits. So yeah, so for me, it's yeah, for, for pain and for sleep yeah. is the main two things. Nice one. Pain management. I totally agree. <laughs> I think I said in our first ever podcast episode that I, when I first started taking CBD a couple of years ago, I, there wasn't a lot of, like there was research about it, but not too much out there. So I started doing kind of little experiments and not taking it for a month and seeing how I felt. And I noticed a huge difference in just like my mood, really, if I didn't take it continuously every single day. So I totally agree that it has to become part of your daily routine in order to get the best benefits from it yeah it's helped a lot with anxiety for me as well like even though I have all these practices that I do like the breath work the meditation whatever like you know these these minds are powerful <laughs> and you know they can run away with themselves and I can you know when I keep getting new symptoms and new levels of pain in my body and I don't know what's going on it really starts to affect me it starts to make me feel anxious like you know we can think the worst sometimes, right? And I think that CBD's really, really helped me in um, easing any anxiety and mental chatter. Yeah. Amazing. I, I totally agree with that as well. That's the main reason I take the CBD and I notice it helps tremendously with just my mood and anxiety levels. And, you know, I, I just find it makes a huge improvement if I take it every day, every morning it just kind of calms calms the stress and makes me feel a little bit more focused and just a bit more like myself mm. yeah I think it's making, <clears throat> making it the, making it a habit is important and I think that's you know something we've spoken about quite often about in the past is you know as mm. you say if you dip in and out of it you're not going to see the benefits of it um but if you're you know taking it regularly then you are going to see the benefits and likewise you know if if CBD is the only thing you're doing to help in your life and that's the sole thing but everything else in your life's not going well you know the, the chances are it's maybe not going to help but if you're taking your CBD plus you're doing other things like yoga like meditation um, and you know getting outside into fresh air getting exercise then all of these things combined with the CBD added can just be amazing for your lifestyle so it's mm. great great to hear that you and your partner are getting benefit from it. Mm. and that's the key thing it's lifestyle it's, it's a holistic thing and it you know I loved your other podcast episodes that I tuned into where you were saying about you know making it a habit and how to do that you know linking it with other habits you already have that's how you create any new habit really they always recommend that's the kind of the way to do it so you know like if you always have a cup of tea in the morning you know you you put it where where your tea is so you know to add it to your tea or you know you make it part as, of your sleep routine you know you you link it to these other things you already do regularly and it just becomes second nature yeah yeah that's what I do I've got a bottle that sits on my dressing table beside like my makeup bag because I do my makeup every morning before I go to work and you know it's just there do my makeup take my CBD or alternatively I've got bottles sitting beside my coffee machine so if just if I want to have it in my coffee it's just there as well and it's just automatic 
Yeah. Just obviously there's going to be listeners to this that uh, don't have a regular yoga practice, don't you know do meditation or anything like that. So, you know, what tips would you give those who are new to it or have never, you know, I've just never thought about practicing mindfulness. How would you get somebody involved? What tips would you give them? Um, I mean, I guess just starting really basic, like there's things that are available to you at any given moment, like becoming conscious of your breath, taking a moment to stop and to breathe, taking a big inhale, and a sigh, like instantly you feel better for that, right? Mm -hmm. So becoming aware of your breath and noticing if it's sitting quite high in your chest because you're anxious, you know? So just taking taking time to breathe during the day, um, journaling, journaling such a powerful practice. It's so simple, but really it creates more self-awareness. It helps declutter your mind. You know, you can just, and also can bring in a lot of creativity. You know, a lot of interesting insights can come come through that. Um, so I'd say stopping and breathing, journaling, because these don't require you to need somebody else. They don't require you to have to pay for a class. They don't require you to have to show up at a particular time. So you can do these two practices at any given moment. Um, and was there three tips or what what was the question again no just just <laughs> tips for you know the, Any the, other for, the person who's never you know done any sort of mindfulness before mm-hmm. you know how can how they can start making it part of their daily routine yeah yeah that would be i mean for me um the third final thing i will say because i think this is the most this is the most power. This is one of the most powerful things you could ever do for yourself, for your well-being, for your life, for you to be able to create the life you want. Is creating a morning routine okay. that gives you time—not like a morning routine of like doing things for other people and sorting things. Taking one hour, non-negotiable, the first hour of your day. Do not look at your phone when you wake up. You get up and you spend that first hour doing something that helps support your well-being. And that will look different to everyone. So that may look like going out for a walk with a dog or for a run um, and doing some stretching. That might be um, sitting with a cup of cacao, doing some journaling and breathing. It might mean doing some yoga. Um, It might mean giving yourself a full body massage <laughs> like you know like it, it can mean anything but anything that makes you feel good that makes you feel grounded that helps you connect with yourself mm-hmm. um really it's just that first hour of the day is just it's your mind's so clear and nothing's like you're not interactive with anything else your energy is still inwards you know and it's such a powerful time to really serve yourself so I, that's the best advice I think I would give anybody that's wanting to become, um, start to live more mindfully and start to, um, you know, focus more on self-care is that it's dedicating the first hour to yourself and not letting, if you can't, like, if that means having to get up earlier before the, the kids wake up, then you do that, you know? I wake up at 5 a.m. every day 
And then that that kind of ties into the sleep thing. People are like, how do you get up at 5 a.m.? It's like, because I go to bed early enough so that I can do that, so that I can get sufficient sleep, so I can get up at 5 a.m. Because I need, personally, I need more than one hour. I need like two. Yeah. Like I need a few hours to do all my things because <laughs> I like to go for a walk. Um, you know, I, I live in Stonehaven. It's beautiful here. So I go to the beach, I go up the cliffs, so maybe through the woods. And then I do my other, you know, my other things, um, cacao, breath work, meditation, whatever. It might look a little bit different each day to the next, but that for me is non-negotiable. And it's having that devotion, that commitment to yourself and your well-being, because you know when you do that, you are able to show up in the way that you want to in the world. You're able to be more present for others. You're able to provide for for those that you love in your life you know you're able to show up for your partner and your kids in a way that feels more balanced and grounded you know because you don't feel like you've got nothing you know you got to fill your own cup first yeah awesome great tips i know i know i love the like the morning thing because like i'm that's what i try and do every day like yesterday i got up like you say an hour earlier and i went to the beach before work for like an hour walk and I just felt so good, just felt so amazing. And then just had like such a great day because I know I'd spent my first hour of my day just doing something for myself. Yeah. So yeah, I totally, totally agree there. Well, that's the key thing. It completely, that one hour can completely change the tone of the whole day. I know it does. Cause it's so easy just to kind of fall into a pattern of like waking up, reaching for your phone, going through whatever, like Instagram, your emails, and then before you know it, you've got to get up, brush your coffee, get to work. And yeah, it's not great. Like it isn't great to keep doing that. And no, I, but no, I totally agree. Get up, take an hour or however long you need for yourself yeah. and just do something for you. Yeah, I'm an advocate of that as well. I love my first thing in the morning. I'm, I'm similar to you, Melissa, around about five o'clock I get up. Um, and have around about an hour as well and as you say it looks different every day but I'll uh, you know do a bit of journaling do a bit of meditation or I'll read a book or you know I will always have a coffee and just doing something in that first hour hour of my day and it does always set me up you know the the days that I get that in I'm not going to say it happens every day I'm pretty good at it but you know the days that it does happen the whole day is just better Um, so definitely something that i would recommend to anyone is if you know get up early make sure you're still getting a good sleep and um, which we'll come on to but yeah that's absolutely amazing thanks for that um so just b- before we start thinking about rounding up we've got a few things that I, I do want to check with you and you know clearly you're you're somebody melissa that likes to look at life positively so you know what's some of the best advice you've been given or that you give to look at life more positively everything is temporary right when you hear that i would love to know what that kind of does to your nervous system (laughs) because sometimes when people receive that they're like that doesn't sound positive right i said that to someone the other day that's so strange like literally like two days ago i was having a chat with a friend and i was like remember everything is temporary like good and bad that that sometimes does help me like if you're having a bit of a rough time or whatever you just have to remind yourself it's not forever and it will pass yeah so there's that aspect of it absolutely and then also remembering that everything is temporary pulls you into this place of gratitude right 
mm-hmm. for being grateful for the moment, to be present in the moment. So um, to, to remember the gift of being alive and to experience everything, all the emotions, even the ones that you know don't feel so great. Like how, how amazing that we have that opportunity um, to, to experience all of that. So, you know, that was, those were words that were so simple, but so profound and were, were given to me one day by my, by one of my friends. So I was in, in the jungle in Costa Rica at the time. And he was just like, Melissa, everything is temporary. And I remember in my nervous system, I was just like, oh, I don't like that cling, 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 <laughs> clinging onto everything. You know, clinging onto things actually causes suffering. And I think that's been the people that, a lot of the people that probably suffered the most, well, I just, mm, I want to be careful about how I say this. The, I think that could be one thing that maybe has, you know, added to the suffering that we've all had through this pandemic is the inability to kind of accept and what has happened and to let go of the life that they had before, you know? right and that that kind of comes into this you know everything is temporary um it, it links in with this idea of like clinging on to things you know everything is always changing everything's changing in this given moment right now yeah. and when we cling on to things you know this is actually an idea and you'll get philosophy as well it's like the idea of clinging on to things does cause more suffering because it's inevitable to change right yeah yeah but but remembering that, yeah, this too shall pass. Yeah. yeah. Great yeah. tips. I know. Makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. So on to now the, how I like to sort of round up uh, every podcast that we're on. Um, and I like to hear our guests' top tips in three areas. So they're the top tip for improving performance in any aspect of your life that may be. Um, improving recovery and improving sleep. So Melissa, firstly, what's your biggest tip for improving performance in your life? Um, I think I've already said it, the morning routine. Okay. That's, that's, that's a golden ticket for me. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. I agree. Establishing a morning routine. The, yeah. Dedicating that first one hour to yourself in the day. Yeah. Nice one. Okay, and how about improving recovery? Um, depends what you're recovering from. <laughs> exactly. But <laughs> um, I guess the angle I'm going to go with this, like when you said that to me, the first thing that came up in my mind wasn't really so much in a physical way. You can always trust me to go a little deeper with things. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> was like how do you recover from the experiences in life the little mini traumas that happen every single day the little mini rejections that you get in life right the little heartbreaks yeah. you know all the little the griefs and the big ones right mm-hmm. are you taking the time to slow down process that and recover from that in whatever way that you need to right so for me it would be the tip would be to to slow down and allow yourself that time to to feel into whatever you've experienced to journal about it 
if that helps you move through the emotions, dance, you know, speak to someone, um, you know, give yourself time to re recover. And even, I don't know, from like, even from a, a goal setting point of view as well, like if you are somebody that's really ambitious and you reach a goal, right, great. And then you're moving on to the next thing, you're rushing on to the next thing without taking the time to actually like, recover and integrate like what have you learned through that experience and like just kind of filling your resources up again before you rush on to the next thing so just I guess slowing down and pausing to take notice um, between yes. all these different transitions in life yeah perfect and finally your your top tip for improving sleep uh cbd <laughs> <laughs> um sleep you know just um it's a simple one and you know i think everyone says this all the all the time but just routine yeah. um oh i mean one thing i really love is i sleep with thunderstorm sounds on okay you know this might not be for everyone i've got an alexa um and i ask her for thunderstorm sounds and that just plays the whole night Oh, really? Um, yeah. And that really improves my quality of sleep, you know, because it's, I had like one of these machines I've been given as a friend and it can put out like white noise or fan noises. Okay. Yeah. So it's a similar kind of concept. Yeah. Um, but you've got this constant kind of background noise. Um, so it stops, just is really good for somebody that maybe struggles with um, waking up a lot during the night. Because I know there's a lot of people that have, have like no issue falling asleep but staying asleep can be their issue and that can be so frustrating right so I find having something like that and the thunderstorm sounds really nice because it's you know it's nature it's something natural right rather than a fan noise or white noise it's mm -hmm. um yeah but it's like that sound of the rain kind of um creates that and it just helps you have a undisturbed sleep yeah, no, I get that. Great. Really good tips. Thanks yeah, very much. And um, yeah, so overall, you know, just thanks so much, Melissa, for for all your words of wisdom that you've given. I think there's so much for our listeners to take away from, you know, the things that you've you've given us today. So, you know, really appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on. Um, can you just let us know or let the listeners know where people can can find you? So what's your website and Instagram handles mm -hmm. and things like that? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, so my website is uh, third, third eye um, UK. Yeah. And my Instagram is third eye tribe underscore UK. Um, so you'll find me there on those two places. I do have a Facebook, but I really do not check in there rarely ever so that's not the place to try and get me <laughs> so yeah so the so the website check it out you can see what events are coming up what i offer you can see the online shop uh, where i've got the the new sack bee ceremonial cacao and um, that's now now available to purchase um and i also offer a subscription with it so you can have it regularly just sent out to your house without you having to do anything else and that also entitles you to free access to our monthly community cacao ceremony. So you can come along and um, sit in ceremony and, you know, meet other like-minded people. Um, so, yeah, I think that's, that's the two places. Thanks very much. Sarah, you got anything to add at the end? 
I was just going to say that obviously we've worked with you on the little seven week series of wellness videos. So if you head over to our channels as well on our Instagram and YouTube, you'll find all our videos as well. Um, yoga classes, meditation, breath work um, done by Melissa. So they'll be available for well, indefinitely for free for everyone. So please go check those out if you haven't done so already. Yeah. So thanks very much, everyone. Thanks, Melissa. And yeah. we look forward to speaking to you next time, guys. Thank you Bye. so much. Thanks so much for listening to the latest episode of the HPHM podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Just a reminder that you can get 15% off at checkout on hbhm.com by putting in the code HBHMPOD. Please share the latest podcast on socials at Instagram. We are at HBHM official. And we look forward to speaking to you next time.